We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. and drops back, throws an arching pass upfield, Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run, and races all the way to score for Los Angeles, a 72-yard touchdown play. First down, inside his own five from his own end zone, sacked in a safety on Rudolph, Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. Sees a hole, burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle, runs left. 25 still to feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Butting Heads. It's weird for me to say that. Usually you hear my voice in the other podcast, but I'm subbing in for the newly married, newly shackled Steve Ribeiro, but still your ever, your ever loving host. Johnny Gomez is here. We used to call him Magic Johnny, then he suddenly stopped being magical. So, Johnny, how you doing? Uh, for the record, I'm still very magical, but uh, <laughs> no, no joke. You know, I actually do have a, a couple of uh, uh, friends and relatives that call me the wizard because I told them I went to a LAN party and they thought I was going to a wizard con event. So I don't know exactly how they confuse the two. But yeah, so uh, I guess you could say I'm still magical. Still, the wizard. I just keep thinking of Chris Jericho, who's now called the wizard, the wrestler. Oh man, the wizard. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. I haven't he changed his name every couple of years. Apparently, he's in AEW now. All right, so we're coming up. There's a couple different things going on. The Rams now three and four with a thirty-one fourteen. Is it okay? Is it safe to say now outright embarrassing loss? No, it's very safe to say. It, it was very, very embarrassing. Embarrassing, not just the loss, but when you I mean the Rams, pretty the Rams controlled the first half of the game, and to fall apart the way they did in the second half. Oh, the, that's, the, the, yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. First half of the game was was uh, 
all controlled. It looked like a pretty close game. And then all of a sudden, it was like they just didn't show up. It was a completely different team in the second half. And it seems like they do that a lot against the Niners. They just disappear. I, I just I can't help but but be a little disappointed considering that the Niners have not only had the Rams' number of recently, but at the same time it was like the game at least should have been close. And in the second half you have no idea that this was a close game at one point. This was a team that had been off for two weeks. They had their bye. They were getting healthy. They knew who they were playing. The The 49ers put a ton on film in that Chiefs loss. And the Rams used a lot of that against the Niners in the first half successfully. And it was we noted on the postgame show once on a night, in the second half, they went completely away from it, became very vanilla. They lost composure. We saw some bad penalties. And it makes you wonder, I mean, this was a Super Bowl team, right? This is a team that won a Super Bowl less than a year ago. And a lot of that same roster is still there. What's to be wrong? fair, this seems to be happening across the NFL, where teams that were once contenders are just pre- pretenders at this point. Would you even call the Rams pretenders, though? Honestly, would you call the Rams pretenders? They're not playing anything like even a pretender would. A pretender will win the occasional big game, make you think, oh, hey, there's something there. I mean, I'll, I'll use the Giants, for example. The Giants are 6-2. and two. They've played pretty well this year. Do I take them seriously come playoff time? No. Do you? No. Not. But at the same time, I mean, I I see I can understand what you're saying there, but I mean, you could make that same argument for the for a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they're just not good football teams right now. Tampa Bay, which were that's this weekend, Green Bay, the Rams, these are all contenders last year that in my view are really bad football teams right now. Not even decent teams. These are bad football teams. Individuals, lots of talent. Lots of talent. But team-wise, no. And and that makes you makes you wonder a little bit. I really want your thoughts more than mine. We talked a little bit about my, about my thoughts on, on Sunday night show. The trade deadline passes today, Johnny, and the Rams do nothing. Actually, hold on. Before we get into it, because I think Johnny's going to go off on a tangent here. Check out our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right, Johnny. Here we go. Trade deadline. Rams do nothing. What are your thoughts? I was actually one of the few fans that was not in favor of doing any trades unless it was in the investment of the future teams of the Rams. If you're if you're looking to basically get a rental player, sort of like how they did with Von Miller last year, that's not going to help in 2022. It, it, it might get you one or two more wins, but in the grand scheme of things, does that really matter? Is it really worth investing those draft picks for 2022 alone? So I was not in favor of getting these, you know, the Robert Quinns of the world where, yeah, they will help you in 2022, but beyond that is a big question mark. So I kind of like the idea of them pursuing Brian Burns to an extent. Personally, I thought it was a big waste of draft picks to offer two first-round picks. I I think that was a bit overkill for me. Uh, but in the end, nothing ended up happening. So... I feel like that was fine. You know, there was no need to explode in, in uh, the trade deadline. You know, I saw a lot of commentators today talking about how the Rams have given up the season because they didn't make any trades. The Rams have, you know, they're weak for not making any. I mean, this is a team that's been aggressive like the last three, four years in the market, willing to make the big deal, willing to trade away draft picks. And actually, I'm like you. When asked straight up, my view is very simple. There wasn't a need to do it this year. You weren't going to improve the team enough to make that difference. Last year, like you're saying, Vaughn Miller was you know kind of the tipping point, bringing Odell Beckham last year. Those are the two moves that really kind of changed the year and pulled together for a Super Bowl run. This year, you, you have so many different needs just based off of injuries, based off the weirdness like the Cam Maker situation, based off of all kinds of roster needs, that you a trade or two wasn't going to fix it. And right now you actually need those draft picks. We've been saying it for years. They can't keep doing the thing that they're doing, trading away picks for stars, and then losing your capital. You can you, They did it. They, they successfully did it. They brought in a Super Bowl championship, but eventually you pay the price. You take your medicine. and. I think the Rams in this case were smart. They realized at this point, you know what? We have our limits. We're willing to go two for, for Brian Burns. They didn't, Caroline didn't take the deal. And with that, I'm actually okay with it. Don't give up any more. Don't make their moves. And you just have to make your moves elsewhere. Sooner or later, the Rams are going to have to do this. They're going to have to stop. And with nothing really happening this year, that will make them a Super Bowl contender. They can still make the playoffs. I mean, would you agree they can still make the playoffs? If I'm being honest, I feel like at this point it's kind of a long shot, but it would not surprise me if they made it based on what what the NFC West has become. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to. Like, they're, the schedule the next three weeks, there's a couple of big games after that, then another three three games. They're all it's, – it's a manageable schedule the next, say, two months next month and a half it's manageable they can they can go on a run but i i so they're a playoff contender in that respect but i don't see them being a super bowl contender so why risk whatever 
draft capital you have on a long shot. I do eventually see the Rams making splash trades, but I don't think it's going to, well, it's not for sure going to happen during the trade deadline. I I mean, maybe this happens, uh, you know, maybe closer to draft day in 2023, but yeah, I, I don't think that it was necessary to do it now. Uh, so I see them doing this maybe next year, maybe uh, in 2024, who knows, but it's very obvious that the Rams, they do value the draft picks, but maybe not as much as other teams do. I mean, you have right here, you have. Um, so right now you have a second and third round pick still for next year. Uh, three sixths and a seventh. They'll get some comp picks next year as well. Um so they're going to have a lot of low-level picks. So you need that second and third. Now, 2024, they they actually start getting picks again. They, in 2024, they have a full deck, one, two, three, four, five, six. So they don't have a whole lot of capital if they want to actually pick down the line. I would say, I mean, I, I, this is I'm looking at a Turf Show article because we didn't write about it. A Right now, we're projected two-fifth, one-sixth, one-seventh for our comp picks from last year. So we're looking at um, two, two, five, two fives, one, six, and a seven for next year. So, yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> gosh, dude. <laughs> we don't have much. We need that second and third. 2024, we're okay. We're fine. So they need these picks. Yeah, I, but more than likely the trades that they were offering well the trades they were offering were for future 2024 and 2025 NFL draft mm-hmm. picks i i think that's ultimately what they would offer because yeah as you said we don't have a lot going into 2023 NFL draft uh but it, it's it's kind of interesting though because it's kind of the same lesson you know, they're, they're still not exactly willing to, you know, keep these first round picks. Uh, not that it's absolutely necessary. I mean, we've kind of proven that. But mm-hmm. at some point, they may have to start using these picks. I think they're getting close to that point. I mean, and they're at a place now where we're seeing it. Look at the depth issues. And we get it. Like you pay your stars. You you've put money in these places to make sure you have the guys who can get you over the top. I'm not complaining. I'm not bad mouthing them. They got their Super Bowl. You and I dreamed of a Super Bowl in LA. And they got it. I mean, eventually though, if that's what you're shooting for and you and you take this route, then then you gotta pay a price for it. I think when you look at the offensive line, when you look at the shortcomings at running back and at, at in the trenches right now at edge, it's better edge getting an edge rush. Those are are parts where you're going to find the playmakers, especially edge rush. Where first, second, third round? That's where you're going to find your edge rushers. And they threw away a pick on Tutu. Now we find they've thrown away a pick on Cam, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Like they need these picks. 
And that that's kind of been the argument that I've been seeing, especially on Twitter, that why keep the picks if you're going to eventually waste them on players like Tutu Atwell? Hold on, there's a problem. How's that for a podcast run there? We're, we have a plane going over, so Johnny had to mute. You know, the funny thing is Steve and I actually go through this every now and then. Um, you know, Steve will kind of point out, you know, these random noises. And I swear, it's never this noisy when, you know, it's just a normal day for me. But on podcasting day, for whatever reason, it sounds like I live at an airport or I get a palatero man, a Mexican ice cream man, um, you know, honking his horn or something like that. You know, it, it, it's it's kind of funny. I, I have no idea why it happens. But, of course, it's when it's, you know, during when I'm podcasting. But, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the uh, going back to the argument that I've seen on Twitter is, why keep the picks if you're just going to end up using it on, on players like Tutu Atwell and Cam Akers? I guess the hope is that you don't use it on those. Uh, and, and, yes, we can sit here all day on – how the Rams shouldn't have picked Tutu Atwell or Cam Akers. But the reality is it happened, and they're not going to always swing and miss like that. At least I hope not. Um, but for every miss that the Rams have had, they've had some hits too. So I, I think for those that are saying that argument, you can't just look at those horrible picks. You have to look at some of the, the great picks they've had too. Well, sure. My, my only point is, I'm, it's regretful that the picks that in the last couple of years really needed to work out, like that pick that became two to Outwell and Cam Akers, that they would have worked out because right now what you have in their place is nothing. I mean, it, I'm still scratching my head over the Outwell pick. It's just basically Tavon Austin part due. And at that, you know, why it didn't work the first time. Why would it work the second time? I have no idea, but that's the route they went. I don't know what they fell in love with. Now what? You need help in these places that a draft pick, say, would have helped you with. But I don't know. You know, we're talking about Cam Akers here. I guess we should. I guess we should get to Cam. Did you see his tweet today or yesterday? <laughs> Did you oh, see yeah. it? Oh yeah, I saw it. And uh, <laughs> at this point, there it makes zero sense as to why the Rams are going to uh, keep Cam Akers. He, he clearly doesn't want to be around. And I think I, I just don't. What we're referring to, by the way, is he tweeted yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. He tweeted, I miss football. And then the, with the big, you know, kind of this face of, okay. And then the news comes out today that basically, just to paraphrase it, and this is from Josina Anderson from CBS Sports NFL Insider, that he feels that playing for the Rams again this season isn't in the best interests for his career. One day you're saying you miss football. The next day you're saying playing again for the Rams this season isn't in the best interest of your career. I have thoughts, but maybe you'll express them better than I would. So Magic Johnny... Go. You know, there's definitely a disconnect between Akers and McVay. And 
I don't know what that is. I don't think any of us truly knows what that is. But for whatever reason, he doesn't like what he's seeing in L.A. Um, and I think he's hoping that because of how horrible of a start that he had, that maybe a change of scenery will help his career out. But it, it's very clear that by the Rams not making any trades, and mind you, I imagine that that Les Snead could have made it happen, uh, or at least tried to make it happen if teams actually wanted him. Um, that I'm sure there would be a team that would be willing to give up a 2024 seventh-round pick for him. We've seen Snead do those types of moves before. But the reality is there's no value. And because of that, you know, I think Cam Akers is starting to see that his only option, if he wants a change of scenery, is basically to say, peace, I'm out. You see, I would also say that makes no sense either. Because what's he done since he came back? This was the guy who was supposed to be in, become the next great back to, to wear the horns. You know, Rams have a pretty good tradition of good running backs over the course of their history. And, you know, he was the guy to carry that torch. They had that big hype video with Eric, Eric Dickerson, tears his Achilles, comes back at the playoff point, doesn't play well. I don't blame him, by the way. You're coming to an Achilles, you, it's going to take you time. It takes you close to a year to get right. So he comes in this season, though, and we're expecting him to to make a difference. And I just, I mean, I that one play, I'll never forget it. The one against the Cowboys where he has an open field about 30 yards down and he runs into a crowd instead. This beleaguered offensive line opens a, a hole the size of Miami in the middle of the field and he doesn't take it. And the fact that he's not pass blocking, the fact that he's not doing the things that he should do in a Rams offense. This is not new. Rams players, receivers, running backs, tight ends, they all are expected to block. He wasn't hitting the hole right. He, you know, he wasn't the Cam Akers that we thought he would be. And it seems to me that in his view, it's the Rams' fault. Yeah, he wasn't getting the carries he needed. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm being, that's how it seems to me. I could be 100% wrong, Johnny. Maybe you disagree, but for a guy to say, I miss football, and then later on that thread say, well, it's not me, but yet a day later, he's the one deciding that it's in his best interest. Tell me how it's the, in your best interest to leave in a, the last impression you are leaving on other teams is that you looked like hot garbage on the field, couldn't even block somebody, and then you sat out the rest of the year, and you want to tell me how that looks that that's that's in the best interest for your future. Well, I <laughs> here's the thing about that: there, there's no question that it doesn't make sense from a fan perspective or even from. Uh, you know, other team perspectives, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But for him, it makes a ton of sense because who wants to say, this is on me. I suck. I couldn't I couldn't block anybody. I couldn't hit the open hole. Uh, this is totally on me. I'm going to try and revamp my career where I'm just going to be benched uh, in favor of Daryl Henderson, who clearly isn't a starter. 
So I, don't see, I, I, I think this is his way of, of trying to say there is value in me. Please, somebody rescue me. But who's going to want to? And I would say if, if you are really going to go this route, you don't have to say, hey, my bad. Just go back to work, man, and show my bad on the field. They need a running back. They need help there. He has the ability to do the little things. He might not be the same guy he was after the Achilles tear. He might not ever be, but he still has something to give. And instead, you're saying, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Maybe I'm thinking blue collar. You know, Johnny, you and I both, we work hard, man. We work so hard. We don't get, we, there's times we don't talk for months, even though we, we, this is ours. Um, but we work hard. We work daily. And every day we got to work with somebody we don't exactly get along with. Every day we got to work with somebody who we don't see eye to eye with. We got to make things work. He might not see eye to eye with the Rams offense right now. He might not see eye to eye with McVay and his team. But, this is the real world. You have to get along with people and work with people that you don't always see eye to eye with, especially if you have your eye on a bigger goal. I know that that might not make sense to all the, the non-blue collar players out there. And I don't mean to come down on anybody like, other than Cam Akers, but you get what I'm saying? I mean, like, dude, like go play football. If I'm another NFL GM right now, I'm looking at this guy going, you know what? He's too... I can just go draft somebody and not have the baggage. You tore an Achilles. I'll just go draft somebody. Fresh wheels, no baggage. And, and, and that right there, Derek, is why there is absolutely no value in Cam Akers. This is why Les Snead couldn't get a seventh-round pick in 2024 or 2025 for him. And, and that's just that's just the nature of of the value for running backs in general. I, I I mean, when you think about it, Christian McCaffrey wasn't even worth the first round pick. And he's arguably one of the best running backs in the league. And yet you have Cam Akers here who has proven absolutely nothing. And as you mentioned, all these issues, this is this is why we couldn't trade him. This is why we couldn't move him. Trust me, I'm sure that that lesson he tried. I'm sure. It's just, what can you get? And as for Cam Akers, I don't necessarily agree with this thought process here, but I think this is probably his best bet to play because uh, if you're Sean McVay, why do I reward you uh, for you know sitting out a couple of weeks, turning your back on your team? I mean, I, I don't know if that's exactly what happened. If I'm being honest, I don't think any of us know for sure. But that's yeah, what it seems like. I think I just I get the impression that he didn't like the feedback he was getting. He took his ball and went home. Yeah, that's the impression I get. But you know, even if that's not the case, the Rams are saying this. The Anderson report is saying this. The relationship is still amicable. So go back to work. Figure it out. Raise your stock. And like you had a 
an airplane go. I have a sick little girl now crying. I'm not sure you guys can hear it. Sorry. It's real world recording here. But I digress. There you go. So, can you hear it? Can you Actually, hear it? no. Okay, well, if you guys can hear it. If not, then I'm just babbling for no reason, but I can hear it. Oh, my gosh. Kid is screaming. So, with all that said, I want to keep it short tonight because of things like that. So, before we go, though, I mean, do we beat that horse pretty good? Was that, was that a well-beaten horse? Uh, yeah, you can almost say that we rammed. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. We're going to have a Bucks preview in a couple of days here as well. But uh, your thoughts on the Bucks this weekend? It is the Super Bowl. This is the, this is two, uh, these are two terrible teams butting heads. <laughs> you got to go there. I, I think that's the thing, though. They're not, I mean, it, both these teams are low with talent, but they're not teams right now. And they're both in must-win situations. It's going to be a fascinating game to watch. I, I, I look at the Rams' schedule, and I believe they have to win at least two of the next three to stay in contention for a playoff berth. And here we are. The, those next three games include Tampa Bay, the Cardinals, who are also basically in the same situation. They have to win now. So these are desperate teams that need to get going. So the Rams – in my view, we'll go out there. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. The Bucks have not been scoring well either. Uh, I think this is going to be about defenses. And just like Kyle Shanahan has the Rams, I mean, has the Rams number, the Rams have had the the Bucks number. And quite frankly, if you look on Bucks message boards, the Bucks have been getting out-coached all year. So I think there's some hope there. Tough game on the road still. Again, Tampa's talented. Do you want? Do you dare? Do you even want to make a game call? Do you want to make a prediction or not? You know, I, I am a sucker for punishment at this point. I guess all Ram fans are. So hell yeah, I'll make a prediction. I'll make a bold one. I think the Rams bounce back, and it will be a twenty-four to fourteen victory for the Rams. Twenty-four fourteen. I have it something similar. I think it's like I have it as like seventeen ten, ish. Close, Which, low scoring, two teams struggle <laughs> offensively. It's not that gonna be basically funny says it all right there. Yeah, yeah, and I have the Rams winning the same way. I think, I think they'll pull it out. I think that it's gonna be ugly, and we'll have lots to complain about on Sunday night. But it'll be a win. There you go. But we'll 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 preview it. Any closing thoughts, Johnny? Uh, just one question for you there, Derek. Uh, does Allen Robinson actually get a touchdown in this game? I think that depends on on the. I think it depends on the state of Cup's ankle. Oh boy, that's another <laughs> day thing. Day. Um, I think he's close. I think they've made him. I think they've been getting him integrated more in the offense. I like what I saw. That was one of the positives from the game in the first half on Sunday. His game integrated. <laughs> And of course, they went away from all that. I'm still, I mean, I'm still kind of shell shocked at the, how the 49ers put so much hot garbage on film against the Chiefs. The Rams took advantage of it in the first half, and then went away from it in the second half. I'm I don't just, understand that, dude. I just I'm just don't. tired of position players that are non-quarterbacks throwing touchdown passes against their safeties. 
I mean, I yeah, but at the same token, at that point, the Niners weren't doing much of anything else. I mean, once you got in the second half, it was more than that. I can't, I'm still baffled that you know the only thing Garoppolo can do is throw short to intermediate routes, and what do you do? You don't play press at all. <laughs> I mean, every other team in the league can do it. And they'll say, well, there's no pass rush. You can't play press without pass rush. Well, you know, hey, heaven forbid you run a blitz here and there. Take a risk. Because we've seen what happens when Garoppolo is pressured. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know what? Run, Take a risk. You're going to get beat. Otherwise, we just saw it. So take a risk. No, no, we're not going to do that. Take a risk. Nah. Okay. I'm done ranting. Follow us on Twitter. Johnny five, not six DC Apollo talk Rams follow the budding heads podcast anywhere, anywhere podcast or fast part of the Rams talk uh, radio team. And with like, we can't not mention them blue wire pods and that's it. We're out of here. 30 minutes on the dot. We're special. Peace. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.